You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Howard. What's going on, Oilers fans? Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name, of course, Connor Halley. Feel free to give me a follow on Twitter as well, at Connor Halley. And before we get going tonight, I want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, DraftKings. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. This is a time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before when every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with a DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Of course me, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan. I think they're going to be making that late season push. So I like to stock up on those. Freddie Van Vliet, maybe Kyle Lowry. You never know when OG Ananobi is going to go off or Pascal Siakam. I like to go with the Toronto Raptors. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. That's the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And speaking of details, the Edmonton Oilers are paying attention to the details as of late, playing some of their best defensive hockey. Of course, Saturday night, they pick up the big 4-2 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, another one-goal game plus an empty netter. Uh, Devin Shore hits the long Hail Mary empty netter to give the Oilers the 4-2 win. But the last couple games, they've just done a very good job of playing team defense. And going up against a good team in the Winnipeg Jets who have the ability to roll four lines, that's a very important aspect of their game, and and one that's going to be huge when they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs later on this week. Of course, the Maple Leafs kind of ran their show the last time they met in that three-game series back in Edmonton. Now, of course, they will meet in Toronto. Of course, first things first for the Oilers, though, there is the Montreal Canadiens that they do have to worry about, and... I'm sure if you are listening to this podcast on Tuesday or Wednesday, you know what happened Monday night. The league postponing the game due to a couple of Montreal Canadiens being placed on the COVID watch list, which means they could not play this game. There's a chance of spread. So the NHL obviously doing the right thing here, making sure that they don't have this spread throughout the Canadians' room and potentially into the Oilers' room, which would cause a huge mess for the NHL. So they definitely want to avoid that sort of thing from happening. Armia and Kotkaniemi, the guys on the list for the Montreal Canadiens. So good on the NHL with that. We don't know exactly when the game will be replayed. Of course, when you tune into this, it could be all figured out. We could know exactly what's happening. But TSN's Pierre Lebrun saying this on a Monday night. No word yet on whether the Oilers-Habs game tonight can be played on Tuesday. That would depend on further testing and results. But in the event the game is rescheduled for later on in the season, it's not as simple as just dropping that game somewhere. My sense is that there would be a multiple-team domino effect with other games being switched around and ultimately a North Division game being played May 10th at the end of the regular season. Though I doubt this very game would be played that day, probably a game involving less travel. So basically we're going to sit back and wait and see what happens. We hope the game can be played on Tuesday. If not, 
Hopefully the game's on Wednesday and uh, kind of just go from there. Of course, the Oilers are set to take on the Montreal Canadiens once again on Friday. Then Saturday in Toronto with that series wrapping up on Monday. Five o'clock starts for all of those games. So we'll wait and see what happens. Until then, though, we will try to keep you entertained with some other conversations here on the Other Connor Podcast. Of course, we'll get our weekly hit with Jeffrey Ulrich. He, of course, writing for DraftKings Nation. DraftKings being one of our sponsors. Use promo code THPN when you sign up. Uh, Jeffrey always has some good stuff and some good insight. So we'll get to that later on in the show. We're also going to talk to Rick Stevens. He, of course, with Rocket Sports Media and AllHabs.net. He's got the Canadians Connection podcast, which is on the Hockey Podcast Network. I was actually able to join them on their latest edition. If you want to give that one a listen, feel free. And we're going to start things off tonight here with Matthew Wanick of TSN 1260 in Edmonton. He is one half of the Dave Jameson Show. You can also give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew Awanek. We're going to talk all about the Oilers. Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank God we have some uh, uh, college basketball going on that uh, instead of watching an Oilers-Habs game, I'm watching Michigan hopefully keep my bracket alive. Oh, yeah, well, let's not even get into the bracket talk because uh, I... Who'd you lose? Well, you know what? I, I will say this. I I didn't do my bracket in time. Ah. And then I felt like if I did a bracket and, you know, people yeah. would probably call me out on it. So I just did my final four and I had Iowa there. And of course, they were knocked out today. So I didn't even do a bracket. It's not even busted. It's just my pride. Like I, I thought Iowa could get the job done for me. So I wish you the best with your bracket right now. Of course, you did mention it as we taped this Monday night. No Oilers game being played. Of course, it was postponed due to two players on the Montreal Canadiens entering the league's COVID protocol. And now we don't even know what's really going to happen. It's going to be tough for the Oilers to make this game up unless it happens Tuesday evening. Matt, what do you think happens here? And uh, I guess just your thoughts here. Good move by the league to postpone it and not spread it throughout the Canadiens' room and potentially to the Oilers. Yeah, you, you you don't know what's going on, and you know I guess we have to compare the two situations between Yessi, you know, with the Oilers out of Montreal earlier this year, which they postponed the game by an hour to um, tonight's game and uh, or Monday night's game, and um, that Yessi test, we you know people remember at the time he was pulled during war, uh, practice for the Oilers in the morning skate, so there was a lot of time to do contact tracing and do any type of tests, extra tests that they needed to do. Uh, clearly, according to TSN's Darren Dreger, these were late tests; these were late positive tests. Um, so I guess there just wasn't enough time for contact tracing. And, and the best thing the NHL could do is not risk it because, you know, if if there is something, if these players actually do have COVID and it has spread a little bit to the Habs, not only are you risking the rest of the Habs, but you're risking them spreading it to the Oilers and then spreading it across the um, the rest of the, this North Division. So uh, they did the safe, cautious thing. And, and now it just comes down to us waiting for Tuesday to find out one is this is the contract case tracing fine? Are the Habs just down to these two players? Because if not, let's it's on the table that this series will be gone. You know, if there's a couple more Habs, we find out. Um, the NHL will be forced to have to postpone Wednesday and Thursday's game. But if it's hopefully just those two players, or I mean, really hope that the it's all maybe like Yessi earlier false positives, um, then we know that we can get the Wednesday Thursday game in, and it's just a question of how do you handle this first game that got postponed. And I don't like the idea of playing it tomorrow. Um, I think four games in, you know, five days, also three in a row. I just think it's too much for these guys that I think you just got to find another way to play this game, move it down the schedule, um, or, you know, maybe you're going to have to shift some things around. Um, but I'm glad the NHL postponed tonight because caution is the right thing. Because if you're not cautious in this case, you could just cause bigger problems and no one wants that. 
And I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a little bit jaded by this whole COVID-19 pandemic and it's wearing on me. But uh, Armia and Kotkaniemi are the two players who have placed on the list. They would practice today. So right now, I mean, it's it's Monday night, like we said. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But right now, I'm not that optimistic. Like, I, I think this could be a, an issue right now because two players have it or at least might have it. They're around their whole team, you assume. You on the rink, they're not wearing their masks or anything like that. So am, am I just being overly negative here, thinking that potentially <laughs> this gets stretched out a little bit longer? No, you, you, absolutely not, because, you know, you follow as much sports as all of us, Connor, and you saw what happened to the Baltimore Ravens. You saw what happened to the Tennessee Titans. We've seen this ha- hit in, in all sorts of sports. We can go to baseball. Um, we've seen it happen in hockey even as well, that if a couple players do actually have it, we know, especially over this last year, that this is contagious. And look, I'll throw it out, even if, if they have a variant as well, that's even more contagious. So if those positives, if they are tapped, tested positive they are legit positive and they skated with this team every one of those habits players is at risk of potentially having it as well that i get where your negative thoughts would come from in this you know and and almost it's almost better to think negative and just think well maybe we're not going to get the wednesday and thursday game uh, so that if that is what happens we're all prepared for it and if the games play you you know you know, always think uh you know you set the bar really low and you'll always have a good day type thing <laughs> um so no I, I don't think you're wrong to have negative thoughts on it um because of what we've experienced over the last year throughout all of sports um but again hopefully you're wrong in this case and your negative thoughts aren't what's going to happen and um we'll see the games and hopefully this is kind of more just like the yes you rv situation where it was all fine and and maybe even just if a couple guys do have positive tests it's it's just them and with the taxi squad the Habs can go up playing and there's no more risk to them and no more risk to the Oilers um but 100% you're not wrong to go to the negative in this just because we don't dictate any of this. COVID dictates it all. Expect the worst, hope for the best. I think that'll exactly. be the, the mentality here going forward. And I'll, I'll be more positive because, like, the Oilers playing good hockey right now. There's no reason to be negative. But there is one thing I saw today in the NHL three stars of the week: Connor McDavid, four goals, four assists, eight point total, named second star of the week. Kelly Arncroft of the Nashville Predators, three goals, three assists, first star. Is there any uh, rhyme or reason to think these stars of the week? Like, I, I just don't know how Connor McDavid doesn't get that first star. More points, uh, you know, in two of those games against the Jets, offensively put the team on his back. Might be a bias here. Seems like uh, he should have been the no-brainer for first star of the week. Well, it's kind of the case of I'll, I'll go to the NBA, and you can make the argument every single season of his career almost that LeBron James should be the MVP. But you can't give LeBron James the MVP every single season. And I think that's somewhat the case here. We expect greatness from Connor McDavid. We know that he's going to go put up those big numbers that, you know, often in many weeks, you could just probably put him as the first star at the very least. He probably would be a star every single week of an NHL season. But I think it somewhat gets compared to who you are. And those numbers for Connor are great. And then I think they just compared the other stars. And, and that's why he just didn't get the first star was it's Connor McDavid you expect this from him in a sense and you got to spread the love around it's hockey especially hockey loves to try to bring everyone as equals here so while he probably should have been the first star I guess maybe it's just a case of you just can't give it to him every week because he's Connor McDavid and otherwise he probably should have it every week 
I guess we got to give a shout out to Mika Zibanejad as well. That that six point game got him the third star of the week, and I totally agree. And if you want, like you, you mentioned, LeBron James, another one to me, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Not, not to knock what Steve Nash did those MVP years, but Shaq was just so dominant. Like we kind of like, yeah, yeah, he he does that, he does that sort of thing. But who else? And and that might just be the treatment Connor McDavid gets. It's just a weekly award. I'm sure people aren't too upset, but. Just one thing I had to get off my chest and, and just vent a little bit to you there, Matt. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers playing some good hockey as of late. Uh, two straight wins over the Winnipeg Jets, showing that they can play defensive hockey. Now, if they were to play like that going into a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which they will in a few days here, do you think that would result in a little bit more success than what we saw the last time these two teams met? Um. Well, one, there's to me two thoughts come to mind. One, it would have to. Um, when you're playing solid, well, we'd know what happened with the Leafs in that series. They played unbelievably defensively all around, and they shut down the Edmonton Oilers. So, and then they scored a lot of goals against the Oilers. And, you know, you can go to various games. I'll just go to, I think it's the second game when Ethan Barrow and Evan Bouchard were together and Bouchard playing on his offside and, and Koskinen. And they just were terrible in the first few minutes and gave up two goals. And, but when you're playing better team defense, when you have a goalie like Mike Smith, who's I'm not going to put him in a Vesna conversation, but saying he's playing in, in at that type of level right now, um, it, it immediately puts you in a better spot going against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the one thing that I will throw out there is, as good of team defense as you have, one of the other issues for that three-game series against the Leafs was they were outscored 13-1. to So the team defense would help you not give up 13, but does it help you score more than one? And two of those games were not against Frederick Anderson. Two of those games didn't have Austin Matthews. So that would still be the concern I'm going to have with the Edmonton Oilers going into a Leaf series until they show me differently. And I know they have Connor McDavid, who's tied for the lead in, in, in goals and, and scoring. He's at the top. And then Leon Dreisaitl's tied for third when it comes to goals and stuff and right up there when it comes to points. They didn't do it against the Leafs. So until they do it against the Leafs for me this season – I will always put the Leafs as the slight favorite and give them a little bit of an advantage no matter how well the Oilers are playing going into that series on Saturday. Is that fair? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, talk is cheap, right? We need to see it get done eventually before you can actually believe that it will and can happen. Uh, it was kind of like, uh, you know, in other sports, teams that always tend to fail. Look at the Washington Capitals in hockey. Nobody would ever take them mm-hmm. in their playoff pool because they thought they always failed. And then they went out there and they did it. And now all of a sudden we're believers. The Oilers got to show that they can beat the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and play better. So for that to happen, I mean, what do you need to see? Who who has to step up their game to really uh, to make it a, a realistic chance for the Oilers to have some success against that Leafs team? Well, what's, what's difficult, and I would have really liked to have seen this full ab series right now, is... I struggle to think that this Oilers team can do it with McDavid and Drysaddle on the top line. And you look at that second line, like that top line is great. And, you know, the way Puglieri played with them, you know, it's a scary line. But this goes back to the issue from Todd McClellan days and going into the start of Dave Tippett with the Oilers is if you load up that top line as it is, what else do you have? And you look at the next three lines and it's a little bit of a question mark especially when you don't have Kyler Yamamoto due to injury. Like, you look at Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and he's playing with Cahoon and Archibald in practice today. Um, they, they played a, a pretty good, I think, against Winnipeg when they were put together for a little bit on Saturday. But I'm sorry against the, the Toronto Maple Leafs team. I, I just 
right off the bat, I don't go and be like, that's going to be a line that's going to scare the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I guess for me to want to see them to beat Toronto, I, I want to see that line to be able to really produce or Ryan Nugent Hopkins be able to carry that line and, and make it known that, well, the Leafs, when they go and play the Oilers, they don't just have to shut down one line because if they do, then that shuts down the game, that they have to still go shut down multiple lines. And so um, that's the one concern I have. It would be after that top line with McDavid, Drysdale, and Puliarvi goes back on the bench, do the Oilers have enough firepower that the Leafs can't stop it type thing? And that would, you know, that's again something I want to see against these Habs games. Hopefully we get the Wednesday, Thursday for me to feel a little more confident going into Saturday against Toronto. If these games don't happen or if they don't produce well, I'm going to be a little concerned because then the Leafs, again, you shut down one line, you're almost going to shut down the Oilers. Now, I've done it, obviously, just looked right past the Montreal Canadiens, asking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do you think there's any concern that the Oilers might do that as well? Uh, no, because when you look at the, the last time we did this, um, it was a two-game series out in Vancouver. Um, the Oilers were on a big winning streak. I think if I'm right, it would have been 9 of 11 they had won, and we're all looking forward to the three-game set for Toronto here in Edmonton. But they still had two games against Vancouver. And while they got off to a poor start in that first game in the first period against Vancouver, they went out and won, got all four points. And I think when we look at this Oilers team this year, they're not doing that. You know, we, we can look at years past, even last year, I'll just go to that one. This is a team that, uh, they were a team, I should say, that when they played a team that was lower in the standings, that we all went, ah, this is going to be easy, they lost. This year, they're not doing that. Undefeated against the Sens, doing really well against the, 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 the Flames and, and the Canucks, that as much as we're probably looking forward to the Leaf series, based on what we've seen through 34 games or 33 games, whatever it is from the Oilers, they haven't done that. And so I don't think they were looking ahead to Toronto. I don't think they're jumping that far. I think this is a team and a group that does look at the game at hand and go, we got to take care of business tonight, then we'll worry about everyone else. Matt, going to the goaltending here, and geez, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago, I had Hernan and uh, Tom Gazzola on the show both saying that they think uh, Alex Daylock could potentially slide in there and become the backup goalie behind Mike Smith and push Miko Koskinen out. And, you know, that was kind of a, a troubling thing to hear, obviously, the goaltending not being where it needs to be. As of late, Mike Smith's been great. Miko Koskinen got in there against the Winnipeg Jets a couple of games ago. I think 24 saves on 25 shots looked pretty good to the point where some people thought he could even get that start on Saturday against the Jets. Now, going forward, do you, do you think Alex Stalock's still in a position where he can maybe uh, get out, out there and, and take away some starts from those other two goalies? Um, it's tough to see the start go away, to, you know, him take it from Mike Smith a little bit, just with how well Mike Smith's playing. And just clearly Dave Tippett has a trust uh, in Mike Smith built. Uh, I, I think it probably carries over from their time in Arizona a little bit of last year, but clearly uh, Dave Tippett really trusts him this season. Um, but Miko Koska, we know, can be hot and cold. And so I, I think absolutely there's a chance that Alex Daylock gets in that maybe if it's a time when Miko Koska is faltering, if Daylock can play well, he can maybe take some some games away from Koskinen. Uh, I'll say this. I do hope the Oilers find a way to get Alex Stalock in, as he has not been a guy who's played a game this year. He didn't play with Minnesota, so that means I don't even know if he would have really played in the bubble last year. So it's it's almost over a year that he played, and I think just in case you need to go to him come playoff, whatever it might be, get him in a game or two at some point just to, to get his feet 
wet, if you will. There's a Sens games will be coming up or, or things like that. You've got to get them out there just to get them ready. Um, but I do think that there is a, still a potential because of what Mike Kosk, or Miko Koskinen is and the type of goalie is that Stalock maybe can, can steal some starts or become the, the new backup of this team. But it seems just increasingly less likely that he can do it for Mike Smith, just the way Mike Smith is playing. As I said, again, I'm not going to throw Vesna as Mike Smith should be in that conversation, but he's not playing too far off of a Vesna-type level as of late. So unless he really falters, which then would be disastrous for the Oilers, um, I, I think it'd just be hard for Alex Daylock to come in and get that. We get a lot of texts on our show, and I'm sure you guys do with the Dave Jameson show, about Mike Smith and the leadership that he brings and what he adds when he's out there. Do you buy into that? I think there's a little bit to that. I think uh, even when you look at last year, there would be a couple of games where Miko Koskin would be out there, and um, he went let in and many goals. It'd be like one or two type goals, and all of a sudden, um, you know, he'd get no goal support. And then Mike Smith would be out there giving up like three, four goals, and the Oilers would somehow have to score five, six. It seems like he energizes the Oilers team to go play a little bit better, where they feed off of that energy from him. You can look at when he skated up to, was it Kachuk or what flame was it? And I know you posted the gif of on Twitter. But <laughs> yeah, after the Kachuk game, was in there. <laughs> yeah, it just skates up right in there yesterday, you know, or um, on Sunday, Saturday, I should say, is just very much involved, you know, just you just see that emotion, and I, we've all played sports to some degree. That that that's contagious, you know. And um, there's nothing wrong with being a quiet guy. I'll go back to you know the Edmonton football team, Ricky Ray versus Jason Moss type thing. Ricky Ray, very quiet leader, but Jason Moss, a very fiery leader. And you just know that that is contagious. So I I, I do believe that when Mike Smith is in net, especially when he's making the save and he's that passionate, it rubs off on the rest of the players, and and they get that jump. I, to me, it's almost similar to when Zach Cassian's playing at the Zach Cassian level. And he's going out there and hitting people and and just doing various things that brings the energy. I think that's what you get from Mike Smith, too. (laughs) I love that play because, you know, it's at the end of the game. Mike Smith knows nothing's going to happen. But he knows just by like skating in there, he's going to have an impact on his team. I think Erica Branson for the Sens kind of skated out too. They a little bit of a stare down, and then obviously the refs aren't going to let anything happen. But I love that kind of stuff. Like I, I like you said, I think that kind of gets the guys going. Well, I'd also say this, too. If Mike, Mike Smith may have went in there knowing nothing was going to happen, but if something was going to happen, he was also ready to go. <laughs> you know that's who Mike Smith is, that, yeah, if something was going to happen, he still would have absolutely no problem with that and his game for whatever is to come. He's got that grown man strength, and if you don't know, ask Cam Talbot, right? Like, everyone exactly. saw those highlights, absolutely. All right, Matt, well, thanks a lot for doing this. I really appreciate you hopping on once again. I think I've got you at once a month you're here on the podcast. So if, if this ever takes off and I ever get some big sponsors, there will be some handouts, I promise you. I love that. I'm going to hold you to that, and I'll just say the highlight of my month, Connor. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks a lot, Matty. We'll talk to you later. You bet. Excellent stuff from Matthew Wanick of TSN 1260. You can hear him on the Dave Jamison Show from noon until 2, Monday through Friday. Also, give him a follow on Twitter, at Matthew Awanik. And uh, as we talked about, it's just it's a lot of waiting and seeing what happens for us right now. Uh, I wish we could come out with this podcast Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon and have a little more clarity on exactly what's happening with the Oilers and the COVID situation in Montreal. But uh, that is simply not the case. So let's just hope we can get these games underway as soon as possible. Right now, though, let's talk a little bit about something that continues to go on. And a reminder to always pay attention to your DraftKings lineup because you never know when a game could get cancelled 
or when a player might just not play. You always got to watch out for those headlines and make sure you're on top of it with DraftKings. Let's bring in Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. You can also give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. Jeffrey, hope all is well. How was the weekend? Oh, it was pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, not too much going on. Just a little bit of hockey, a uh, little bit of uh, NCAA action, I guess, starting, and uh, a little bit of golf. So, you know, sports kind of get in full effect, just waiting for the the Masters here to get going in April. Then we'll really be in, uh, you know, full throttle mode. Oh, I cannot wait for it. And, of course, if you are signing up on DraftKings, make sure you use the promo code THPN. Helps you out a lot. Now, I got to ask you, I mean, the madness is underway. We're seeing all these upsets happening. Do you get in on the madness? You know, this year, I did not. I, I, I'm going to watch a little bit, but I didn't even fill a bracket. That's, that's how little I got in on the madness. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe you call me a party pooper. I was big into college basketball when I was younger, but I'm enjoying watching some of the games, and uh, I, I, uh, I stayed away from it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just happy that, like, hockey and, and basketball are back, and I was just like, I didn't want to overload myself, but... This year, I stayed away from it. I'm not going to lie. You know what? I, I didn't even do a bracket myself. I kind of just slipped my mind, and then I got into the building and thought, you know what? If I do it now, uh, with a handful of games already played, no matter what happens, someone's going to go back and say I cheated. So I did my <laughs> final four. I wrote that down, stash it away, and we'll see how it goes. I think I had Iowa. So uh, obviously, the, the final four is not going to be Sounds perfect, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Jeffrey, of course, this is an Oilers-centric podcast. we got to ask you about the Edmonton Oilers, and of course... Their game Monday night against the Montreal Canadiens postponed due to two Canadians players being in the, involved with the COVID protocol. And that's just another lesson. If you're playing DraftKings, you got to watch the headlines just in case. Oh, absolutely. This year especially. I mean, uh, you know, with, with all the stuff going on, uh, we've had a few more travel issues than normal as well. But, um, it, you know, you just you don't think about it as much with hockey as you do with basketball. But, again, you know, the COVID stuff, you can get late scratches. Uh, there's more lineup movement this year. It's just something you want to get in the habit of, uh, you know, like five minutes before lock, ten minutes before lock, um, know when the contests are going to start, and, and then you can just check your phone or something. Set an alarm. I mean, I, I will literally set my alarm sometimes if I'm busy and, and I'll forget. So uh, something to, to definitely take note of. And, look, sometimes these, cre- these things create opportunities as well. Um, you know, uh, if you're on top of it, that means that there's likely someone who isn't, and, uh, you know, you can get better ownership on certain players, and uh, sometimes you can uh, pivot to certain players who are getting moved up in the lineup too. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie. And in another form of gambling, I definitely put some money down on the Oilers when we saw the two players go on the list, and then yeah. the game canceled, and it kind it of messed me. It is a little me. unfortunate it got canceled because uh, the Oilers were in a pretty good spot for the win. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, this is easy money. Yeah. Oilers got this, and then of course the news drops. Uh, but but before this, and I mean, now the Oilers will have a few more games against the Montreal Canadiens before they get the Leafs heading into the weekend. Are there any guys right now that you think right now good value pickups for the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, obviously Kyler Yamamoto is out, so um, let's factor that into our decision making. It, you know, they, they've been bouncing around Drysaitel and McDavid kind of on the top two lines. Uh, you know, at, at one point they had Drysaitel up there with McDavid. Last game it was it was kind of like back and forth. So it's really going to be kind of just keeping an eye on things. Uh, you know, who's up there with Connor? Uh, where's Nuge playing? Is he playing the second line center role? I don't really, I'm not really interested in Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the second line center role. You know, he just hasn't been that productive in that role. Um, I think the player I'm most interested in, obviously we like uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid. Even if they're not playing together, you can always play them together in DFS because they're getting that power play time. But I really think it's Jesse Pulpiarvi's time here to shine. I I feel like he's going to continue to get top-line minutes with McDavid. 
Um, he, he's just looked more comfortable. I feel like the coaching staff kind of realizes that now. That's kind of his best fit. Uh, you know, the speed, he's got the speed there to match Connor as well. So that's the player I'm kind of the most interested in right now with Yamamoto being out. You know, you could definitely look to a guy like Josh Archibald as, as like a really cheap second line player if he's going to keep getting top six minutes. I like Archibald. I mean, he, he's got a little bit of finish around the net, he plays tough. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, if he's going to be up there in the top six, he could be a really solid punt play. Now, look, he's not someone you're going to play uh, in cash games or every night. But, again, you know, you're feeling out like uh, you, maybe you're thinking about using Nugent Hopkins or something. He could definitely be someone you play with him. When it comes to Jesse Pugliari, you mentioned him there. I mean, w- was this someone that you thought could eventually ascend to this level and, and maybe be a top-line player? Or, or is this one kind of coming out of left field for you? So, I'll, I'll be honest. At the start of the year, um, I, I really – thought like you know it was it was a perfect fit the Oilers didn't really have the room to add a winger like everyone thought they should but they brought Pupiarve back and we all know the skill level he's a top five overall draft pick uh the guys he was a scoring winger that's why I was drafted I did not have confidence that the move would ever be made that they would give get him up there that quick into the top six I thought he would flounder I, I thought they might bring him in and out of the lineup I thought they'd just play him on the bottom line for half the season and maybe towards the end we'd get lucky and he'd get a chance the fact that, you know, Dave Tippett and the Oilers coaching staff put him up there so quickly, it was obviously great. I mean, I, I, was, I was super excited because I, I felt like, you know, it's just such a natural fit. I mean, that, that's what the Oilers needed. They, you know, even, if he's not, even if he's not producing 40 goals a year or something, he, he's still an offensive creator. He works best in that role. So um, pleasantly surprised with how the Oilers have handled him this year. It's been great. I know earlier on in the year there was a little bit of a skepticism for you when it came to the Oilers' goaltending, but right now Mike Smith playing some good hockey. The guys in front of him, maybe more importantly, the guys in front of him playing well defensively. Right now, when you see the Oilers' goaltending, is there any consideration for you maybe taking Mike Smith or Mikko Koskinen? Yeah, absolutely, right now. Uh, you know, Mike, Mike Smith, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I said I didn't really think he was going to be a difference maker uh, when he came back from injury, and uh, he's proven me wrong, but pleasantly. And like I, I also said, I mean, I think his, his appearance has helped Miko Koskinen. Uh, it just, you know, Koskinen just did not look comfortable playing, playing every night and being in that kind of alpha role. Um, you know, uh, I, I think at his best, he, he's, he works good as a tandem. And he's actually really played quite well over the last couple of weeks, too. So I think both the Oilers goalies right now are in good spots. You know, the team is playing well, like you said, uh, just, just as a whole. They still give up quite a few scoring chances, but that's kind of going to be their nature because they create so many scoring chances as well. So... I think right now the Oilers are in a good spot, and, and you know they're getting healthier on defense. You know Ethan Bear is back, really solid on the back end. So I think that helps the Oilers, uh, you know, maybe the most just having Bear back there. That you can have a little bit more confidence in their goalies right now because their their defense is is probably in the best place it's been all year. Obviously Tyson Berry for DraftKings, you can just keep playing Tyson Berry. It, it's going to be a broken record, but this guy just works so well with his team right now. His style of play, how they use him on the power play and stuff. Darnell Nurse. You know, both those guys can be nightly considerations. Personally, I'd almost always lean Barry just because the, the multi-point upside is there. You can pair him with Connor or Dreisaitl on the power play. But others well, D looking pretty good right now, the best it's been for a while. Now, uh, we do have to ask you this because, I mean, there are people that tune in and try to get a little bit of free advice from me here on the Other Connor Podcast as we are joined by Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. Give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. But league-wide, is there anyone you're liking right now, some good value picks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I think right now I, I'm looking at. I've been looking at Dallas a lot lately, and um, Jason Robertson is, is having a really nice rookie year, and I think it's going kind of uh, like quite a bit under the radar. Uh, 17 points in 23 games. 
Um, you know, this was a, a player not like super highly touted, uh, you know, when he was drafted, but it, he did have good offensive skills. Uh, he's got 10 points in his last 10 games now, you know, averaging over two shots on goal per game, averaging about 10 DraftKings points per game, which is really good considering his salary most nights is between four, uh, 4K and, and 4.5K on DraftKings. So um, right now he's in a top six role. You know, the, the Stars are having a bad year. They're dealing with injuries, but we don't care about their overall record for fantasy. We just care about production and, and what their uh, players are salaried at. Jason Robertson, uh, a, a nightly top six forward, getting like 17, 16 minutes. Uh, he's in a really good spot. And, and just to stick with the Stars, you know, Miro Heskinen, Still only hovering around, you know, 4.5, 5K most nights. He's getting back on the power play one for Dallas. He's just a good producer on defense. Um, you know, blocks shots, gets a lot of shots on goal for a defense, uh, defenseman, excuse me. And again, you get that power play exposure for cheap. So a couple of stars I like down the stretch, even if they're floundering as a team, uh, these young guys are getting a lot of minutes. And maybe just a couple of guys you're a little weary of for the next week. Yeah, so... I feel like the bloom is off the rose here for, for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, you know, they, they've had a nice season. Uh, you know, it was a nice story with Lankin and Annette. But, uh, he, you know, this is a team that allows a ton of shots on goal and a ton of scoring chances every night. And it just feels like, you know, the, the dam is broken here. Lankin coming in with, uh, you know, three losses in a row, save percentages under nine. Um, he, he carried the team for a while, but I, I feel like kind of the, the whole team is taking a step back. The offense has dried up a little bit as, as well. You know, they've lost six of the last seven games. I think it's hurt someone like Patrick Kane as well. Uh, he, he's done well to carry the team with some young players, but you know, he, he, as we're talking, you know, pointless in his last two games. He's got one goal in, in his last nine. Uh, it's just not a team I would I would uh, be have any interest in for fantasy right now. And just to that end, I also feel like playing forwards and just playing your offensive players against the Blackhawks probably going to be a sneaky play right now because I think their stats are still a little inflated from the start of the year versus how they're playing right now, which uh, is I think. Uh, you know, a lot worse. Jeffrey, thank you so much for doing this once again. We really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Great stuff, as always, from Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at the Fantasy Grind. And uh, something coming down the pipe a little bit later here. Jeffrey and I are going to have a DraftKings introduction-type podcast. It'll only be a quick one, 10 minutes or so, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And... Just going to share some insight into DraftKings. Basically, if you've never played it before, you listen to the podcast, you've heard us talk about it. It's daily fantasy sports. It's a lot of fun. So watch for that on the Hockey Podcast Network coming down within the next couple weeks or so here. It'll be a very quick intro to daily fantasy sports just to give you that little nudge you might need because I promise you it is a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun doing it. And the best part about it for those of you who aren't big gamblers you can do a 25 cent league, a 50 cent league. It's very easy and uh, makes it just a little bit more fun when you're uh, watching the scoreboards, checking in to see who got those goals and assists and all those sorts of things. So watch for that one. Like I said, coming down on the hockey podcast network. And right now let's get to our final guest of the day. And I had originally hoped to have this conversation later on in the evening, Monday night, recapping the Oilers Canadians game, getting the thoughts of Rick Stevens as we head into game two and three of this series. But of course, that was not meant to be as the Oilers-Canadians game was postponed. So instead, we're just going to talk about that situation and preview the upcoming games between the Oilers and the Habs. Rick Stevens of Rocket Sports Media. You can check him out at allhabs.net. He's also got the Canadians Connection podcast, which I was lucky enough to join earlier on in the week. Rick Stevens joins me. Rick, thanks a lot for doing this. How are you doing today? I'm uh, doing great. Glad to return the favor. Uh, we were so happy to have you 
join our podcast, and it's great to be here with you uh, once again. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, so I thought we should definitely return the favor, get you on my podcast here, and of course, the big news of the day, and disappointing news for everyone involved, uh, the National Hockey League announcing that as a result of two Canadians players entering the NHL's COVID protocol list earlier today, the game would be postponed. We'll get an update later on Tuesday, and we'll find out what exactly happened, but I mean, it got to be pretty surprising for you to see this, considering both players that were placed on the list practice today. They were at, uh, on the ice at uh, Broussard this morning, uh, taking practice with teammates, and uh, and then it was quite a surprise for both of them to appear on the NHL's uh, COVID list, and then a short time later, um, being informed that that the game was indeed being uh, postponed because of of those two players. So, I mean. I... Obviously, you're you're not in the building. You're not close. But w- would you take a look at this and think, man, may- maybe this could be worse if potentially there is some spread there? Because I mean, the North Division's done a really good job this year of avoiding all of this. I mean, you you can almost be perfect, and by no fault of your own, you can contract it. But is there any fear here that it could potentially spread throughout the Canadians' room? Well, uh, we just don't know, and um, we remember back to the last time Edmonton was was in Montreal. That was the 11th of February, and Yassi Pogliarvi was pulled uh, from the game, um, yet the game went ahead. So whatever this is this time, it's different from that situation uh, with the game being being postponed. I want to ask you about just the, the team on the ice. Now, that's kind of what we'll do here, previewing this three-game set, assuming the three games do eventually get played. And, of course, uh, the, the coaching change was made, Dominic Ducharme taking over. What has been the biggest difference for the Canadians since that coaching change? Well, I think that uh, it, for whatever reason with with Claude Julien, the, the message was not uh, getting through, and, and that was... Oh, the last uh, couple of weeks under the Julian reign, uh, that was pretty clear. The, the players, um, it, he had obviously lost the room, as, as they say. Uh, and so the, the, the biggest change is uh, they seem very receptive to the message that uh, Dominic Ducharme is delivering. Uh, now, he's had different components of his system that he's been implementing. The first one that we noticed right away uh, was a, 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 a much better uh, uh, much better in their own zone, much more responsible play, much more of a dedication to defensive hockey. The Canadians, as we know, went out on a, you know, they were they were the top team in, in January, 7-2-1, uh, outscoring everybody and everything, uh, and they were outscoring their problems. They weren't playing great defensive hockey back then, uh, but they were they were able to win games uh, because of, of the scoring. Then things tightened up, uh, you know, teams got used to each other, and uh, um, the Canadians, uh, when the scoring came down, the defensive problems were exposed, uh, and that was the first thing that Dominic Ducharme uh, kind of reined in a, a little bit, and uh, and that certainly um, helped right away. Uh, now he's he's been uh, toying with the lines a little bit. Uh, he's brought in Alex Burroughs, and there's been an immediate improvement in the power play. He says he has a couple of other uh, systems yet to put in. Uh, the results have been mixed up and down. It's it's a team trying to figure out who it is, so what its new identity is, uh, it how it it uh, implements these new systems. So 
uh, a bit of a mixed bag, but I think overall there's been a much more positive atmosphere around the team. Now, from afar, I, I have to you know start off by saying that we don't follow this team day to day as closely as you do, obviously. But when that coaching change was made, uh, was that a surprise to you guys, or was it something you saw kind of inevitable? I think the, the coaching change was was inevitable. Um, was it was you know, were we uh, expecting Dominic Ducharme? I, I, I suppose there was always a good chance that uh, he was the next in line. He was the guy that was being groomed. Uh, and certainly with Kirk Muller, uh, remember Kirk Muller took over in the bubble when uh, Claude Julian had some health issues. Uh, with Kirk uh, Muller also dismissed at the same time, uh, then that left uh, Dominic Ducharme as as as. Although there 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 were was a contingent of fans that was thinking maybe Joel Bouchard would have been uh, promoted from Laval, but uh, Dominic Ducharme was the logical choice. We're now joined by uh, Rick Stevens here on the Other Connor podcast discussing the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, the Canadiens, as of late, just going back in their last week, uh, they had the win over the Winnipeg Jets last Monday. On Wednesday, they take it to overtime where they do fall. They lose to the Canucks in overtime on Friday. Then they win in a shootout on Saturday. We talked about that on your podcast. I got a chance to watch it. Thomas Tatar with a beautiful finish. Uh, going into this this three-game set with the Edmonton Oilers, what was the feeling around the team? Uh, how How are they playing? Uh, uh, up and down, really up and down. Uh, the, the Canadians did absolutely nothing against uh, uh, the Calgary Flames the week before, and then uh, they looked great against Winnipeg, um, and then um, kind of uh, again mixed against Vancouver. So uh, it's really hard. To, it's really hard to predict this team right now, and uh, especially a, a, a three-game series against Edmonton. Although uh, you know, every, everyone around the uh, Canadians uh, uh, was was talking about returning to playing def- better defensively. They certainly didn't do that uh, on the weekend against Vancouver. And, and I, I, I think when eventually we, we get back to hockey, uh, the, the Canadians and the Oilers, that the, the Canadians will, will uh, be looking, at least they'd like to be looking a lot better in their own end. Now, for the Montreal Canadiens, they have the dynamic duo of Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl coming to town. Of course, they do have last change, which could be a benefit. But who do you think gets that matchup trying to slow those two down? It's uh, On the back end, it's going to be tough for the Canadiens because um, since the last time uh, these two teams met, Ben Chirot, um, he's he's out for at least six weeks uh, with uh, a fractured hand in a fight with J.T. Miller, and uh, that was the top pairing, Ben Sherratt and Shea Weber, and, and they would be thrown out in that situation. Um, Dominic Ducharme has tried a, a, a couple of people there. He's tried the, the, the rookie, Alexander Romanov, um, and, and uh, he seems to have settled for now on Joel Edmondson, who's been promoted from the second pairing. Uh, that bumps uh, Brett Kulak up to play with Jeff Petrie. Um, so uh, that, that defense is, is a bit of work in progress. But I think um, on, the, uh, on the, the forward line, you're going to see uh, Tatar, Deneau, and Gallagher, who have recently been reunited, and, and I expect that's the line. Uh, as, as well, you might see Suzuki's line, but, but probably the Deneau line out against uh, McDavid. 
You you mentioned Jeff Petrie there, someone Oilers fans very familiar with, age 32, and might be playing the best hockey of his career. He's playing absolutely outstanding this year, 11 goals, 16 assists. Uh, for From your opinion, I mean, what's been the biggest reason for his play this year? Well, I think I think that uh, Jeff Petrie's in a situation uh, where he's allowed to play the kind of hockey that uh, that that he likes to play uh, with a, a partner like uh, Joel Edmondson, who, who he's been with the, the majority of the season. Edmondson, a stay-at-home physical defenseman, you know, Petrie's not that physical, uh, but he likes to move the puck, and, and it's been a, a perfect partner for him. As well, you have uh, the top pairing of, of Weber and Sherrod getting the tough grinding minutes, uh, and that gives uh, Petrie and Edmondson uh, when they were together, uh, uh, you know, uh, a better matchup, and and so Jeff Petrie's been outstanding. Uh, he's been uh, he's been great on the power play, and uh, and he's tied for the lead with Tyler Toffoli in points for the, the Canadians right now with 27. And uh, now between the pipes right now, uh, out west we hear that you know Carey Price maybe not the guy he used to be. Jake Allen could potentially be stealing some starts here. Uh, what's your assessment of the goaltending situation for the Canadians right now? Well, I think that uh, as as all things in Montreal, <laughs> the the goaltending situation has been uh, exaggerated, and um, you know that was that was the other major coaching change was Stefan Waite being dismissed, uh, Sean Burke being brought in, and Sean Burke having to go through quarantine. So Marco Marciano was brought up, the goaltending coach from Laval, um, a, a real shift there, um, and I, I think. I think it was uh, much ado about nothing. It, the, the, the big problem with the Canadians has been the def- uh, play of uh, in front of the goaltending, uh, no matter who's in net. Um, Jake Allen's played reasonably well. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's lost his last six starts. Carey Price uh, went through a stretch in February uh, that that uh, you know it was certainly broadcast that he was struggling. But I saw it more as uh, poor defensive play. Uh, Carey Price for the first six starts, his first six starts in March, he was had a 9.50 save percentage, and that was being uh, attributed to the the change in goaltending. But I, uh, goaltending coach, but I, I don't know if the, it's you can really pin it to that. I think it's just Carey Price being able to trust the people in front of him, uh, and then he's allowed to focus on the puck carrier, and uh, and and certainly it's much easier uh, for a goaltender when he's when he's doing that than worrying about uh, what um, what his team's doing in front of him. So you're saying that Edmonton's not the only hockey market to blow things out of proportion at times. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, you know, it, it's uh, Carey Price gets uh, more than his fair share of criticism. Shea Weber, the same thing. It's just, uh, it's just a, the kind of thing that's done in Montreal. You know what? I, I think that's what makes a great hockey market great. It's going to happen, win or lose. <laughs> there's going to be things blown out of proportion. Uh, I guess finally Absolutely. for and then, yeah, and I mean that's how it should be. That's how we like it. And you know what? I I work in sports radio. It it pays my bills, so I really can't actually complain <laughs> about it at all. Uh, Rick, final question for you. Assuming we get these three games all played and finished, what do you think the record will be here? 
Boy, that's that's really tough. Uh, you know, the Canadians uh, took the first two games of this series in Edmonton when they were playing well uh, in January. Uh, Edmonton won the last one. Um, I, I I honestly cannot pre- predict this team uh, right now. Um, the only thing that and I, I, we talked about it uh, on the Canadians Connection podcast. The only thing uh, is that there's uh, that that you think that the Oilers might be looking ahead to. Uh, their series with the Leafs, that revenge series, and uh, but uh, you know, I, I I think we have we're going to have entertaining games as long as we get back to to playing them, uh, and that's all we can ask for. Yeah, and I my prediction, I I think at least one goes to overtime. That's so maybe not the boldest of predictions, but I think it'll happen. <laughs> Rick, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it, and hopefully we can do it again sometime down the road. Great to be with you, Connor. Thanks a lot. Excellent stuff from Rick Stevens of Rocket Sports Media, allhabs.net, and the Canadians Connection Podcast. And let's just hope these games get played. Like I said, it is Monday night as we tape this. Right now we've got no update on what's going on, so we're really just crossing our fingers and hoping that Wednesday will be played, Friday's game will be played, and uh, you know what? Hey, maybe there's a makeup game on Tuesday. We don't know exactly how this is all going to unfold, so we just sit back and wait and see. But one more time... Thank you to all of our guests here on the Other Connor Podcast. Matthew Iwanek of TSN 1260 for hopping on to discuss the Oilers. Jeffrey Ulrich from DraftKings Nation as well. And Rick Stevens of Rocket Sports Media, AllHabs.net, and the Canadians Connection Podcast. And that is going to do it for us here on the Other Connor Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. If there's anything you want to let me know, give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. You can give me some feedback, some recommendations, maybe somebody you'd like to hear from. I'm all ears when it comes to that. Give me a follow on Twitter, like I said, at Connor Halley. That's the best way to reach me on the next edition of this show, which will drop Friday morning, wherever you get your podcast from. We're going to be recapping the games against the Montreal Canadiens. Hopefully they get played. We'll also preview the set against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's Saturday and Monday, and hopefully we'll try to track someone else down. Just an update. I have been in contact with Eric Griba, former member of the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to tape an interview in the upcoming week here, so look for that potentially on next Tuesday's show here on the Other Connor Podcast. One last time, big thank you to our sponsor, DraftKings. Make sure you sign up. Use the code word THPN when you do so. And of course, the Hockey Podcast Network. Big thank you. We'll talk to you next time here on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.